Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This is Cork Today on C103. Email Patricia now with your story or comment. Cork Today at C103.ie. Now, we had calls to the programme and texts uh, yesterday from listeners who said that they were appalled and shocked to hear that West Cork Social Democrat Dáil Deputy Holly Kearns was the subject of threats from a stalker and had also received various online abuse. Deputy Holly Kearns uh, joins me uh, this morning. Good morning to you, Holly. Good morning, Patricia. And you're you're very welcome. Obviously, I'm not going to get into the specifics of what happened for obvious reasons with the the, the stalker. But initially, did you did you try to handle the situation yourself? Um, I did, yeah, initially, and um, I did end up contacting Gardaí after some time. But um, 
yeah, it's difficult to know how to, I think, uh, react to those situations when you're not prepared for it. And I don't think anybody really is in Ireland. I don't think we really expect for there to be that kind of abuse level at anybody. And it's not just TDs, I suppose, that experience it. You know, we see it in lots of professions in public life, you know. And when you then decided that, you know, enough was enough and you needed to go to the Gardaí, what advice and what help were they able to give you? I found the guards really helpful and supportive in West Cork. They were fantastic. They did everything they could. And um, they did encourage me to make a statement and to kind of go officially to court and all of that stuff. But you know yourself, if you if you do that, then that trial can be, you know, anyone can go in. It's all followed by the media and it would, you know, I suppose one of the things is that I realised over the last few weeks, your listeners might have heard of the story of Minister Anne Rabbit and Deputy Cannon had a bag of feces thrown at them. Yeah, at, the, at that public that, meeting, yeah. Yeah, and so after that, there was quite a lot of media coverage and I got loads of calls from, like, different uh, TV programmes, chat shows and radio stations and everything. When I come on and talk about abuse, the TDs get, and I said, no, no, no. Every time I didn't want to, I've never wanted to speak about it publicly. And there's a reason for that, because... Uh, you don't want to deter people from going into politics by kind of saying what it's like, but these stories are out there. There's a perception that it will draw more abuse in you if you kind of speak about maybe some of the experiences that you've had. Um, and particularly as a woman in politics, you don't want to be perceived as weak because sometimes that presumption is there regardless of what you're doing or saying. And the result was that I noticed there's a collective silence. So none of the TDs wanted to speak about it. Because as you can imagine, if you're going for an election campaign, you go, what look are we going for? It's not the victim. You know, no one wants I to know. be perceived like that. But then we had this collective silence. Some people were speaking anonymously to the paper. Uh, no women went on the primetime programme about it. And it just kind of occurred to me that, like, what is that collective silence going to achieve? It's not going to make it safer for people coming into politics if we don't address this situation, if we kind of just stay quiet about it. And, you know, when you consider what's already happened, because obviously everyone has a different stories, but like somebody's already set fire to a TD's car. Mm. So I kind of had the feeling that we're just waiting for something bad to happen before we really act on this. And, you know, the first p- part of kind of addressing a situation is to at least be able to discuss it. So I have to say, I don't particularly enjoy talking about it. Yeah. I don't particularly like it. But it is, Holly, it's important to talk about it. You know, you and others uh, that have this abuse hurled at you have done nothing wrong and it needs to be called out for what it is. That's it. And we need to also examine, I don't know when it became that way in Ireland that you would throw essentially a bag of shit at a minister when people turning up at TD's houses, the the piece in the Irish Times the weekend, somebody found bullet shells in their doorstep. That's kind of real threat to somebody's safety in their home, you know. And we haven't even, because we don't have a public discussion about it in a way, we haven't even really identified the different types of abuse. Because I think oftentimes the kind of abuse that's levelled at female politicians, it's different. There's abuse at both. And there's probably a different way of addressing the different kinds of abuse that we're getting. I think throwing a bag of feces at a minister is an act of anger, perhaps about a situation in the country, you know, and we have to kind of examine that type of abuse. Is it that the kind of discourse we see on social media and stuff now has started, you know, it's kind of, we always thought of it as keyboard worries. They wouldn't do that in real life. They're behind a screen. Mm. Is it seeping out into how we live our life in general, that it's seen as, in any way okay to throw that at anybody um is it that 
things like the housing crisis and the trolley crisis have gotten so bad that people feel they have nothing to lose. I'm not excusing it. I'm not saying, oh, because of that, it's okay to throw something at a minister. But we need to really look at what's going on and ask how we can address it. And then something like the kind of stalking of, of public representatives and the, in the kind of veil or the pretense of that being romantic when it's obviously not that's a kind of a different situation. And maybe that, when we're looking at that, that's more of a kind of uh, a society of violence against women that we, we still have. Two women have been murdered this year already, still January. Mm. And I think there's all these different types of use happening and people outside of public life are experiencing them as well. And nobody wants to talk about it when they're the person that it's happened to because it's just not a nice place to be. And we know we see that um, it's a completely separate issue, but it's kind of relevant in that, for example, with um, rape cases in Ireland, less than 1% of victims get justice. A lot of that is because nobody wants to come forward because of how victims are treated. So we have a situation where there's a societal problem as well around it. And I think it, it seeps into loads of different things. and There's probably loads of different things we need to do to address it. Yeah, and, but, and, that, and that's why it's good that we're talking about it. And it's good that you have come forward. Exactly. And I think as well, part of my my reluctance and I think all politicians reluctance to speak about it. And that's why we saw only anonymous articles and nobody wanted to go in prime time is that I'm aware there are much more horrific situations happening in the country at the moment. You know, like we're talking about potentially a TD not feeling safe in their home. And some people don't have a home to not feel safe in. So I think that adds to the reluctance to talk about it as well. And it's important that we are aware of that. Yeah, there yeah. is bigger issues yeah, at play. Yeah. Okay. And you've and you've had to almost change the way you live and work. I believe you've had to put security cameras on your house. You're mindful of doing constituency clinics. Yeah. So, you know, yourself, like you live in West Cork, we didn't I don't have uh, I didn't have a lock for my door. I didn't have blinds. I didn't. No, I'd, used, I'd leave the key in the car um, and it's so nice to live in a place like that. It's what I love about West Cork. But that's how kind of maybe naive or unprepared I was for kind of what life might be like in politics. And um, I had received lots of different kinds of abuse like online and in, uh, in the post, sometimes sent to my home address. I probably should have been more conscious of that. But to me, I always just ignored it. And I thought it wasn't that's just you know, something to not even take seriously. But it was when somebody turned up my home that I then felt differently um, about anything that I got. If somebody sent me a letter or a message or anything like that, I felt like that was potentially somebody who could turn up my home. So it really kind of changed just the way I thought and felt. And I did get locks, blind CCTV installed. And like I said, the guards were really kind of conscious. And you can imagine from the guards' perspective, if somebody gets in touch with them about situations like this happening, was giving them kind of stuff that was sent to me and telling them about um, that individual turning up my house, things like that. They're thinking, how do we make sure nothing bad happens here? So what, some of the advice that they gave me was to not have um, your kind of traditional constituency clinic that your listeners would see advertised in the paper where they say, I'll be in Skibreen at this time, I'll be in Castletown Bear then, and then I'll be in Bandon. And, you know, you kind of list the times and anyone can come in and talk to you about a particular issue. And, and that's what's so wonderful about our political system, that our politicians are so accessible. There's, you know, there's other countries you would not have that type of, of accessibility. And if you are being told not to hold constituency clinics or advertise them, does that not put you at a disadvantage to the other politicians in your constituency who can hold those constituency clinics? It does 100 percent. Yeah. And that's when you really start to feel the impact that it has on how you operate and how you work. And that that shouldn't be the case. 
Um, now, of course, when people get in touch with us in the office, we very often arrange to meet people in the same kind of way. Yeah. And, you know, we still, I, I believe, do exactly the same job. But we can't do that open advertisement of where I'll be at a certain time alone, unfortunately. Um, but in many ways as well, Patricia, I think that's something that we've always traditionally done in the clinics. And ha- having not been able to do them, I've realised that it's not maybe the most efficient way of doing um, TD's job anyway. Because if you say I'm going to be in Skibreen from 9 to 12, for example... What if nobody comes in during that time? It's not a good use of your time. Can be a waste. Yeah, 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 that's people. true. That's so true. Maybe there may be a positive. And... There may be a positive out of this. And when you were a councillor, a Cork County Council, did you receive any online abuse then? A bit, yeah. I think it okay. gradually increased. Like you get, and I think it's probably I don't know, but I think it's probably a numbers game. So if you're um, a county councillor, this many people are aware of you. If you become an election candidate this many people are aware of you if you become a td even more and i think there was probably a steady increase of use in terms of how many more people just became aware of me and i suppose then there's just a percentage that will level a certain type of abuse at you and i think it just grew kind of gradually with that and before you entered politics did this type of abuse ever enter your head that, that this is what was possibly could happen no no definitely not i remember people warning me when I was thinking of going for even the local elections, like you know, people would always say that politics is a dirty game. Don't get into it. Um, it is, you know, the abuse, all of these things. And I genuinely thought that people meant abuses in people saying you're wrong and challenging your opinions and all of that stuff, which is healthy and democratic. <laughs> you know, we need that kind of um, to and fro between the general public and politicians all the time. We have to protect that. Um, but I never, it never occurred to me that perhaps maybe what they were warning about was this type of abuse. I'm still not sure if that's what they meant. Oh, no. But I was really shocked by it. And I do think that perhaps one of the really basic things that we could do in terms of public representatives is like after an election to kind of just even give a bit of a briefing to people to say this may or may not happen. There's no harm in ensuring that you have you know, locks on your doors and things like that to be just aware. Because not to scare people, but I think that's better than being kind of blindsided. Like I wasn't not really ever even thinking that that would happen. Yeah, yeah um, that's a good so point. Kind of... But you're you're a great TD and, and, and I hope that this isn't going to turn you off staying in politics. Absolutely not. Good. And, um, so, no, I'm, um, you know, I do think somebody asked me during the week, you know, would you have gone into politics if you knew that? Like, I can't say that I, if you said to somebody now, like, oh, this might happen to you, this might happen to you, would you like to go into politics? No. But would I change it? Not, not at all. I'm so glad that I went into this job. I absolutely love it. Um, I'll certainly be running in the next election. No intentions of stepping down or packing it in whatsoever. But I think it's important that we say to people who might be thinking of going for election, we're going to do something about this and make it better. Rather okay. than, oh, yeah, I don't, I would absolutely go into politics knowing that it's like this. We have to recognise it's an issue and we have to do something about it because we desperately need, I think, more diversity in politics. Uh, we need more, in, in every which way, more nationalities, more women, more disabled people. It, it goes across the board. And I just think it's better to say we acknowledge that it doesn't look that tempting at the moment and we'll try and do something about it rather than just kind of saying, 
No, it's absolutely fine. Yeah, and just <laughs> for, it, and, yeah, don't don't, and don't brush it under the carpet. <laughs> a lot of support, a lot of people uh, saying well done and well done for you on speaking out, including Councillor Declan Hurley, says Patricia, I want to offer my support to Deputy Holly Kearns and say how shocked and saddened, saddened I also was to hear what she had been through. Just because one is in public uh, life does not permit anyone to harass or invade one's private life. Nobody deserves or should be subjected to harassment of any sort, be that in private or in public life in whatever profession they choose to go down. But it's obvious political life seems to attract this behaviour. I want to applaud Holly for her courage in highlighting this unacceptable behaviour and I hope it'll start a movement said Declan to stop this senseless uh, behaviour. Best wishes to Holly and that's from uh, Councillor uh, Declan uh, Harley. Okay and before I let you go um, Holly I mean also making all of the papers stay of course was the news yesterday that Jacinta Ardan, the uh, New Zealand Prime Minister has decided to uh, step down and uh, said she's literally got nothing left uh, in the tank. Does that also raise questions, you know, what her departure means for women in politics? I think it's it's a, it's mixed emotions, isn't it? I think I'm a big fan of Jacinda her and the yeah. great people are and I was really sad to see her step down. And I also thought it was brave that she was you know, kind of saying, I've I've emptied the tank, the next person can take it on instead of continuing to c- just kind of keep going when you've kind of checked out, perhaps. And maybe there's only so much in anyone's tank. I'm not sure. But when I saw that press statement, her saying she was finally going to um, get around to having a wedding with her partner, that she was going to be there for her daughter's first day of school. All of those things, you can imagine it's a huge sacrifice when you go into politics and you know, people give up a lot. And I think um, it perhaps is particularly difficult for Jacinda Hearn, who was starting a family uh, during that time um, and doing all of those things that, you know, I suppose we need to recognise that a lot needs to change to make uh, politics. Yeah, because the, wor- the world of politics, particularly in New Zealand, loses out because she was very popular uh, as well. OK, and Holly, just very, very finally, because our, our next interview, we're going to be talking about the the, the agreement between Quilta and that UK-based private investment fund, Gresham House. And I saw you speaking out in the doll uh, about it yesterday and I thought you raised a really good question wh- when you asked uh, why should uh, Quilta do all the work and then private investors will reap all of the uh, rewards do you feel the forestry targets could be meet, could be met by our own farmers if they were properly incentivised? Hundred percent, they could. And I mean, we just see this time and time again. It's like that's such a familiar story, isn't it? That we give all of the profits to a private company. We've seen it in health, we've seen it in housing. And I was pointing out to the now Tornister yesterday that the only silver lining of this case is that it's highlighted that this has been happening in agriculture for decades. To take that investment out of rural communities and give it to a private investment company in the UK is just outrageous. And it's the same playbook that we've seen in health and in housing. And actually the same thing's been happening in agriculture for so long, but we don't have the same laser focus on it by, you know, kind of national media outlets, all of that th- those things that we say you know, what are the targets that the Minister for Agriculture was supposed to meet this month, like we do for the Minister for Housing? What is the, you know, the number of trolleys? We don't see that with the number of trees. And it's high time there was more of a focus on this because food producers, our farmers, 
that's where everything starts. It's the most vital work in the country and it's not being monitored. We've seen over and over again the, the kind of prioritisation of vested interests and private interests over the general public, the food producers. So, for example, you don't see supermarkets ever saying, you know, we just can't make ends meet. We're losing money. We're selling this stuff at a loss. <laughs> but of course, for example, beef farmers often are. Mm. There isn't even a market for wool yeah. for sheep yeah. farmers. You know, so it's the same playbook and it's happening in agriculture. This is one example of it. It's been happening in beef and in dairy and in other sectors, I think, for a long time. OK, we're going to be um, discussing it in, in more detail in a moment, uh, Holly, but I've, I'm over on time. I've got it even there. Listen, thank you for that. And thanks for joining us on the programme this morning. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Patricia. Good morning to you. Bye bye. Uh, that is a Social Democrat TD for West Cork, Holly Kearns. Tim and Clonakilty says the public feel that they can say what they want to anyone now, anytime. There's always been a problem over the years on social media, but I feel now it has crept more and more into society. You can see it in restaurants, you can see it in supermarkets. The way certain people will talk to members of the staff as if they are dirt, it has to end. 0818 103 103. Cork today on C1. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.